Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Outkick 360 is back from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad Withrow, Paul Koharski, Jonathan Hutton, and you. Thanks for being here. And what's going to be a busy day? Cliff Averill from the Legion of Boom. Former Seahawk, former Detroit Lion is going to join us. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle with the very latest on why the Texans are not going to trade Deshaun Watson today. As we are one hour away from the NFL trade deadline, we'll have that college football playoff and the the rankings will be announced later this evening. We'll preview who we think deserves to be in the top four for the first rankings. Also, uh, we will have plenty of NFL news notes and headlines there, plus Game 6 of the World Series tonight between Atlanta and Houston. Gentlemen, a busy show. How we doing? It's a busy show. I would say this show is particularly big, but they're all big. Every show where we get together is very big, and today is no different. It's another big show. We're big. I'm getting too big with the Halloween candy. I need to uh, go back to my small. Is it time for another... um, Another phase. Uh, science experiment where we just put candy out and see how much you'll eat no. throughout the course of the show? No, that time has passed. Is that passed. next? We need a little break between now. Paul doesn't eat candy anymore. He just puts jackets on. He has layers. <laughs> la- it's layer up season. We'll see how the rest of the show goes. Look forward to seeing how many jackets you've purchased for this new state <laughs> no, of being no, where you're I, just constantly cold. I'm just uh, rolling out the jackets I have. We forget that when we weren't on camera... Is it summer or fall? You can't tell with Paul when you, we're in you studio. You frequently made fun of me in the studio where we weren't on camera for zipping up the jacket to my chin sometimes in my... <laughs> in my a section of our office. I would think that eating a lot of candy would make you warm and not cold. Am I wrong in that? If, if I eat a lot of sugar or candy, I, I, I so. tend to get a little fat, more red-faced and fat, warm. Fat, skinny, I, I well, was fat cold equals warm. Yeah. Right? You eat a lot of candy. Layers. Fat, you're layering up with fat and sugar in your blood, and it's going to make you... <laughs> warm I'm inconsistent in this fashion. I'm not a doctor but I'm just I'm, this has been my experience at least when I eat a lot I'm inconsistent in this fashion I'm having this argument at home some too where I to say to my wife it's freezing in here you used to always be bundled up in a blanket and stuff and now you're all carefree and you're acting like it's a normal temperature yep. and she Chief, keeps that saying is, you're making you it problem. you're making it like I've changed she said correct how yeah. about looking at it She's as you've correct. changed this is definitely a you problem you're the one who's gone to the the area of the cold, the eternal cold. Whatever deep freeze has happened, it never left your bones. We all like warm, I thought. Like uh, the summer. I like comfortable. I like the summer. I would prefer cold to hot any day of the week. Well, I don't want to sweat. I've never been uncomfortable in here. I don't want to sweat. I will say yesterday I was a little warm. That was the first time in here, which is shocking with David Reed, the controls. Reed and I both like it cooler as opposed to warmer. Uh, but yesterday was the first time I actually I felt like a little a heat. Warmer. I like it human. 
David commented, and I agree with him on this, a bathroom that we frequent here, sort of a private bathroom that we consider ours, is, uh, is a little warm today. That, that I think we can agree on. Yeah, Dave? Brotherhood? Yeah, uh, we can agree on that. There's, Thank you. It, this is always Finally. a problem this time of year when it gets cool for the first time. Businesses turn on their heat. And in small, confined areas, that is not a good thing. It's difficult to breathe in there. Yeah. I'm hoping to keep my transactions light. And uh, it's nice. Yeah, yeah, please do. I try not to go shortly after Dave into this area that we're talking about, our private area. The best thing about this area is that there are paper towels as opposed to the confusing hand dryers that we have. You guys just hate the environment. Much like Jacob Swanson once wore a T-shirt that said, <laughs> I hate the environment. You guys clearly hate the environment. Well, our interactions are I'm generally hearing. quick, right? We have short breaks. You go to the bathroom, you come out, and the hand dryers take some time. I'm anti-hand dryer. Give me paper towels. Yeah. Oh, a hand dryer too. is not a And we've worked some places with some complex hand dryers. They're not the uh, get-it-done-in-two-second hand dryer. But I think the bathroom you're talking about is a handicapped bathroom, if I'm not mistaken also. Yes, which doesn't mean you can only use it if you're handicapped. Seinfeld did a whole thing on this, or Curb Your Enthusiasm did. It doesn't mean it's close to the I don't know. I mean, you know, this could be a future poll question, but <laughs> I don't know your desire for paper towels over a hand dryer is reason enough to go. I can understand in an emergency, in you need to go in there, but I don't know that it's... But you don't know the, a, a handicapped person could be coming right behind you. But, uh, and, and as I would, if the, uh, the fully functional bathroom had a line, I, I would wait. You're going to stop mid-go? What if it's an emergency for them? No, I'm, You're taking their one spot. Well, if anybody has an emergency, there's potential for a Chad, line I don't know for if their you've met Paul, but it's all about him. <laughs> you know, really the temperature is, yeah. is his issue, but he's not willing to admit that. He continues to come I'm back to this. I'm very comfortable. You're very comfortable. He's in a jacket, looking like he's about to go outside and, you know, hunt right now. <laughs> we know. <laughs> we know. I know where you were going with that, but we know I'm not going out to hunt. Can you go back to your Russian roots and just be okay with the cold? At some point, like it's got to be deeply ingrained in your DNA. Yeah, well, it is. And he's you not, are someone that can do my well in the Russian cold. roots. They're my Cleveland roots, perhaps, and my New Both. Jersey roots. But I've been out of that long enough that I, uh, I'm not freezing right now. The jacket will probably come off after this break. <laughs> you're not, I love Paul wearing. You know a full why you're coat. not? Because you're wearing a full jacket. That's why. <laughs> do you also have an undershirt? It has on? been helpful. You have undershirt. I always shirt. wear a shirt under my button-down three layers <laughs> well, i mean that's not this a is layer a i mean i've got two layers light, on today which is a lot a for light, me slo- short sleeve shirt under uh Chief, that is that more is of a by comfort definition thing. a, a layer thing that is a layer that is it's, a layer but it's not a warmth thing it's a style slash comfort you slash go undershirt or minus undershirt and tell me it's not a warmth thing it's there's a difference <laughs> you are cooler when you're not wearing that uh, the armpits are very uncomfortable without a t-shirt under a uh, button down Chiefs survived the uh, Giants last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, I, I not, hope nobody's saying they are cured by that game because they have a lot of problems. They were fortunate to run into a good opponent. And in the next three weeks, they have Green Bay at Las Vegas, Dallas. They're doomed by that stretch. I mean, if they win one of those three, I think they're fortunate. Then later, Hut. They have Las Vegas again at the Chargers, Pittsburgh, and at Cincinnati. This team's not making the playoffs. They're not getting healthy. Uh, healthy win-wise, I don't know about their health. I don't know. Travis I mean, Kelsey doesn't look good. They just don't look good. And everybody keeps saying, well, Mahomes will figure it out and they'll get right. They're running out of time. Running out of time, but they're also very, very talented. We were saying the same thing about the Tennessee Titans, and they rattled off three straight against Buffalo 
against Kansas yeah, City right. and against Indianapolis after a loss to the Jets. Um, now they have an ugly win yesterday uh, that the Chiefs do, and they have a tough stretch coming up where everyone's riding them off. They have Patrick Mahomes. They, they have uh, plenty of talent to distribute the football, and much like they did in 2018, they are now active at the trade deadline in trying to boost their pass rush. They did that with Frank Clark and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, now we're seeing them do that with Melvin Ingram in a trade today with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who's so has got to help. I, I think that they're trying to follow that same line of thinking and trying to boost a defense that is horrible. And the Chargers, horrible. Are, Chargers are coming back to them. And Vegas just had a, a huge development for I'm their I'm not team. willing to write them off yet. But, they, they, but those mean, next three are it's brutal. It's not like they're playing well. And Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are admitting it, that they're not playing well. But last night was a huge win, albeit an NFC win. And three of their four wins have been against NFC opponents, which is not great for tiebreaker scenarios. But uh, a loss last night, and you just think that everything's in disarray. And because they go on and win uh, barely, everyone is pointing to the fact that, oh, now they, get, they enter a stretch where it doesn't look great. But if they get two of these next three, they're still in prime position to make a run. I thought the, the most interesting thing I heard on the Manning cast last night was from Peyton, who said, talking to Andy Reid during the re- week, Andy Reid said he's not a do-over guy on penalty plays at mm. practice because you don't get to do it over in the game, right? So he lets them suffer the consequences in practice and doesn't give them a do-over. And then he changed that last week because he thought they were losing so much in terms of penalties, that they needed to redo the play and get it right. But then they only committed one penalty all week in, in practice. But I think that that change in mindset was clever coaching by Andy Reid and told you something about where they are as a team that a big kind of thematic theme for him warranted a change. Well, and Peyton also said that we keep hearing Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid say, you know, this isn't us. Well, we got to stop committing penalties. We got to stop man. turning it over and, Peyton said, someone got to show me. And he said, you know, my old high school baseball coach said, don't tell me, show me. He said, you got to show me you're not that team because right now you are that team. Ten interceptions this year for Mahomes through eight games. Eleven combined the last two seasons. That is a problem. He is extremely cavalier with the football this year. And it's not just possessions where he loses the ball to the other team. There was twice last night, just random. He's scrambling out. He's got the ball out here. Ball gets knocked away. A couple times his offensive line fell on it. He has this weird thing where when things are going well, we will you know, be quick to praise him for how loose he is with the football and the way he looks and the things and the arm angles and all that. And he's a great scrambler. He can run the ball also. And when things aren't going his way at times, that looseness with the ball does not serve that team well. And we're seeing more of that this year. I don't know if it's pressing. I don't know if... His hand just gets a little softer when they're behind or they're not scoring a ton of points. I don't know what's going on, but Patrick Mahomes has got to figure it out and stop that. If they're going to recover to the level we believe they can with that roster, he's going to have to clean that up. Because this is a different quarterback this year so far. They did make a little progress last night. I mean, they won against a lesser team, but the Giants gave them a heck of a fight, and the Giants aren't very good. The Giants played, you know, better. Um, but Kansas City is going to have to do a lot better than that in these coming weeks, and, and Green Bay and Dallas in particular. Tough, 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 tough teams uh, matchup there. Um, I, I, what did you guys think about having 
I mean, first off, Eli, it's Eli's team. But then you have two guests that are big Giants fans in the course of it. Did that change the main and cast at all for you to have such a big rooting quality to it? I was fine with that. I mean, I, I think that's just the whole thing about the Manning cast to me is you see the humanity of people. So having John Stewart and Strahan on who are Giants fans uh, with Eli Manning, I, I think is, is fine. I'm not going to the Manning cast to see a th- an impartial broadcast. I would go to the normal Monday night football broadcast to do that. So if they want to bring on someone who's a fan of one of the teams, I, I'm totally okay with that. I also love how Eli at one point called out he said this is what always bothers me is the guy that raises his hand when he's the one who jumps offside like my bad and i just always yeah we know dude it's your bad you you jumped offside it's very clear who did this we don't need to raise your hand and show us all who did it uh just do better next time i liked when um they were asked about you know do i root for draft picks here and both of them were like no no you never always root for the team players never with that mentality I also laughed at John Stewart acting like he's, you know, a New York Jets fan when he's a Giants fan. He would say, oh, you know, we had a couple, we had a few good years in the 80s with Sims, and we had a couple good years with you, Eli, but other than that, it's been really bad. I'm thinking, do you know how many fan bases would love to have the amount of Super Bowls that the New York Giants fan base has in his lifetime? Give me a break. Well, he's talking to He's crying poverty as a fan. No, he's talking about Giants is all he's talking about in that. He's saying... With the Giants, you know, my fan of it's really just been a few good years with Sims and with you, and everything else is bad. Give me a break. A lot of people would love to be a Giants fan with that success. If the Chiefs are going to end up making the postseason, there's going to be a ton of talk about Mahomes and Kelsey and Hill and distribution of football in the passing game. If they end up making the postseason, it's going to be because they become patient with their run game. And that is why teams are hanging with them, and in some cases beating the drums out of them uh, week in and week out to begin this season. The Titans did this. The Chargers are doing this and have done this. We saw it last night with the Giants, and the Giants nearly pulled the upset. They are going to give Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy the run. They're going to hand it to them. And the question is, will they be patient enough to take the run, drive in and drive out, before allowing and getting greedy and letting Patrick Mahomes do Patrick Mahomes things in the past game where there are now uh, teams that just sit back and cover with seven, sometimes cover with eight. You know, the, the, the leading up to the, the Titans win against Kansas City, I said that it's imperative to be able to rush the passer with four. There are some cases last night where they're only, they're only rushing three and they're dropping eight. And if you can do that and you're not – you have no – they're not believing, the defensive coordinators are not believing that Andy Reid and Bienemy are going to sit back and take the run. The Chiefs do not stick with it. If they want to stick with it, they can have some success offensively. But so far, they continue to call these pass plays when defenses are dropping eight. Maybe they'll be a little bit more tempted to stick with it when Clyde Edwards-Alaire is back. I don't care who's running the football uh, in the NFL with, with an offensive line and you're rushing three, you run the football. I understand and I agree with you, but they may like the personnel better for that with their chosen one, who's not been that good, by the way, when he's when he's had his chance. Well, I mean, they've, they've got to run teams out of that, though, is the point. Yes, when absolutely. they give When they give you that personnel, it's not about who's in the game or what you like on the field with your receiving options. It's we got to run them out of this so then we can get the ideal passing situation. And Manning and Brady and Rodgers do that all day long. Patrick Mahomes to, to be – you know, ultimately listed with them has to 
understand that, but seems un, unwilling at this stage. Well, it's not Patrick Mahomes' issue. Well, they, they use these flip passes as extensions of their run game. The problem is the defenses are set up for the perimeter game. The personnel and they're running. Whenever you're running these flip passes, their longest pass play last night went for like 27 yards on a flip pass, on a motion. Well, they're running to the edge of the field for that. They're not running between the tackles. And when you don't do that, you're not taking advantage of a defense that's only rushing three players. Um, it, they are, defensive coordinators are daring them to rush with Williams, daring them to use McKinnon, daring them to use Gore. And they, they have, but they're not willing to stick with it on multiple downs and distances. Also suggests a long-term lack of faith in that reconstructed offensive line. Um, which they have to show faith in, in in those numbers games and have to be able to win in in those numbers games. I just feel like it's easier for offensive lines to run it yes. sometimes too. Like I, I think you're showing even more. You're, it's like you're showing more faith in the offensive line by passing it as much as they are and not allowing them to fire off the, the ball and run it when you've got a three-man front. I those guys know. should want to run it, right? That's the nature of an offensive line. Coming up, NFL trade deadline headlines uh, where Deshaun Watson is not going to be traded today. Marlon Mack is not expected to be traded today. Uh, we'll run through the, the list of players that could be over the next 45 minutes. Some moves that have already been made today, uh, plus set you up for what the Titans are doing structurally with their roster. That's a little bit later in today's show. First, though, Aurora Nutriscience, Outkick 360's partner, and keeping you healthy and, and mentally sharp, they are vitamins, supplements that stay in your body. You're not wasting these supplements. VitaLifeScience.com is the website. V-I-D-A-LifeScience.com is where you can see more information. A 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360 at VitaLifeScience.com. Here is Aurora, unique cutting-edge nutritional and absorbable supplements encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. I use vitamin C, vitamin D3, glutathione, simple single-use packets, grab and go in the mornings, perfect for the day. And Aurora supplements also will help you if you're a weekend warrior, if you take medication for high cholesterol, if you want the endless benefits from curcumin, they can help you at vitalifescience.com. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360, vitalifescience.com. Former NFL pass rusher Cliff Averill joins the show in a little over 30 minutes. Outkick 360 rolls on from our 6th and Peabody studios in downtown Nashville, Tennessee with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Not a lot uh, of movement uh, across the trade deadline, really because teams that would love to make a move right now don't have the salary cap space to do so. We'll get into details of that. It's also not really the reason why Deshaun Watson is not going to be traded today. Uh, Houston Chronicle and John McClain, he will join us later in about an hour. We'll get into details of this. Uh, he will not be, Deshaun will not be traded to the Miami Dolphins, and it's because he refused to settle any of the outstanding civil cases uh, currently against him. And it now sets up a timeline uh, once the NFL trade deadline passes in about 35 minutes from now. It sets up a timeline where he likely will not be traded until after the month of May of, of next year because of the ongoing legal situation uh, in both the civil and, and criminal courts. Um, and that's ultimately the issue for Miami. 
Everything was approved except for the fact that Deshaun Watson uh, would not settle these cases, therefore leaving open the possibility of a massive suspension in 2022. What are the ramifications for the Texans from a salary cap standpoint now that they're going into a draft with this timeline where they can't trade him away before that draft? Is well, it that, I mean, it's been an awkward situation for them throughout. But the fact that there's not going to be a... Obviously not getting those draft picks that they would get in return for trading him if it were to happen now right. is, is a big loss. But I'm just curious what that means about the calendar and then not doing it before the draft if, in fact, it's not going to be in, until May. What's his salary next year, Paul? He's due He's making 35 this year. million base next year. Um, so, I mean, it's further complicated. He's got a 40.4 cap hit next year. He'd leave dead money behind for sure. Um, so, uh, it's more complicated. Well, but uh, I don't even know if that's an issue for Houston. No, other Houston's not... going to swallow what it needs to swallow. No, right? Well, either they're – well, the, the only issue is, that, to Chad's point, they're not getting draft picks in next year's draft. Because these legal, so here's the timeline. The, the legal issues will go past um, the NFL draft and free agency. But Houston will have moved on from him, or the or if they haven't, the league will put him on uh, unpaid suspension uh, based on whatever happens in these court cases. So he can be he can be deposed beginning in February of next year if he refuses to settle, which he is saying he refuses to settle because he's innocent. Um, so he's going to be deposed starting in February. The new league year starts March 16th, 2022. What that means is the Texans cannot trade him. After today's trade deadline, they cannot trade him until that day, the first day of the league year. Um, so now, go just, through just, all Just this. to say, sometimes teams agree to deals before that date that don't become official. Like when Alex Smith got traded to Washington, it happened early in the year, then not effectively until the start of the league year. Not that anybody's going to be anxious to do it before things get settled. But that, that's why sometimes you see a deal happen earlier than that. It, it gets put in place. It doesn't happen until the start of the league. But it will not happen in this case. No. He will not be traded until March 16th at the earliest. And we'll, really, he's not going to be traded, as I said earlier, until after May as you go through this timeline. The civil trials can begin in May. And so after the depositions take place in early or to mid-February, that's when they can start. The trial could start as early as May. That's after the free agency period for the NFL league year of 2022. And after the draft. Um, so, of course, yeah. So that, that now leaves the Texans uh, in a good and bad spot. And, and let's look at it from both factors here. It makes no sense for Miami to give up what – Nick Casario and the Texans wanted in return for Deshaun Watson, not knowing the legal ramifications and not knowing what the NFL is going to do, depending on how this plays out in 2022 for Deshaun Watson. That's number one. But from the Texans standpoint, he's either going to be placed on this exempt list. And uh, in, in, in some case, I mean, Pac-Man Jones, for instance, is the one I referenced because I remember this leak, this long year long suspension. He was suspended without pay. Um, depending on the severity of this, the, the league could do that. Um, so that's, that's one thing. The other thing is, if, if things go to a point where you learn that nothing's going to happen to Deshaun Watson, let's just use that as an example. The Texans 
would then be able to sit, sit back and say, okay, we know the we know the 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 NFL draft rundown. We know the picks. Um, we know that, and I'm looking at this from a March 16th standpoint. We know the order of of the NFL draft. We know the teams involved, and if in this best case scenario for Houston, more teams would be involved if more teams are willing to jump in and, and trade for Deshaun Watson, knowing that the league's not going to do anything about this, knowing that let's say hypothetically this settles and the league determines based on the information that they have that they're not going to punish Deshaun Watson severely in any manner. Um, But aside from that, it would also clarify things for Miami. And if you believe the reports that a deal was in place except for the fact that he wouldn't settle, then Houston's getting what they want in return for Miami in that case. So Houston owes Deshaun Watson $10 million. They were going to do that whether he was on the commissioner's list this year or not. And effectively, they've put him on the commissioner's list without Goodell actually doing it by not playing him. But this is a this is a Deshaun Watson decision of not settling out of court, and so the now we we get involved in the legal mess that will take place starting in February. He's got no roster bonus, by the way, next year. So there's no new money coming to him until next regular season gets started. It's fascinating to me. It's clear that he is saying I'm innocent throughout this whole thing, right? He's he's going to fight it. His innocence, proving his innocence, going to court if needed, is, is what's most important to him, which is understandable. I also think it's understandable even if you believed you were innocent. If there were 22 people accusing you of something and your attorney came to you and said, Deshaun, you can pay 3 to $5 million right now, let's say. Let's say that's a price range. 3 to $5 million, and we can settle out of court. We can all sign NDAs. We can make this thing go away. He doesn't want an NDA. Yeah, that's one of the stickling points here. He wants this public. Yes, I know he doesn't. But I'm saying if part of it was you're signing an NDA, I'm giving you the option the lawyer's giving him. You sign an NDA, they sign an NDA. We are done with this. You serve a half a season suspension, and we can go about getting you traded and making money with your new team. What's more important to the individual? I understand and respect if you're in his shoes and you believe you've done nothing wrong and you want to go to court and prove your innocence, you have every right as an American citizen to do that. I can also understand someone saying, you know what, screw it. I've got the money. I want to keep playing football. Let's pay the money. Let's get this to go away. I'll serve my time, even if I feel like I didn't do much wrong. But this is all happening at once. This storm is happening I want to end it. I want to move on with my career. I want to sit out half a season and play somewhere else. I think the battle, the internal battle that must be going on with Deshaun Watson with that and with his attorneys, not that his attorneys are battling him, but this is legal advice an attorney could give you throughout this process. And I'm sure they've given him this option at some point. That part of it to me is, is fascinating. Fair. That he's decided to do this and in return could blow up his career. especially if it doesn't turn out the way he wants if this thing continues to go down this path. Fair or not, fair or not, if he takes this through, wins these civil suits and everything, the volume on that is not going to be the same as it was for the accusations. We know it should be, right? But in America today and and the way that, that... the most tabloid extremes of the press certainly work. It won't go that way. So 
the idea that he feels like he can completely uh, cleanse his name, I understand it, is, it from, the, from the, the purity of heart perspective and all of that, but he's still going to be tarnished either way. It is so remarkable to me, though. does he want to, me, to move ahead and, and play or sacrifice this much more? But what's the, what's the real sacrifice? John Gruden sent emails 10 years ago, and he, can, he cannot coach again. This guy's accused of 22 civil suits, and the media is treating this trade deadline like it's a headline, like Miami's getting a top-five quarterback instead of willing to trade for a guy if he would just right. settle out of court. Consider, right. consider the message that the organization is sending there. And so as reprehensible as these accusations are, it's already and how we covered this in the offseason... Deshaun Watson is treated better than Tua Tagovailoa, who everyone claims sucks, right. and he's, he's squeaky clean. He's already a commodity. So it, it, the, the, there's not a lot of questioning of if someone was considering hiring John Gruden in college or the NFL or anywhere, right. every single story in the media would be, You're right. what in the you? world is this organization doing? How in the hell can you hire this guy after those emails came to light? And I'm not seeing a lot of those stories written about the possibility of Deshaun Watson in Miami. Heck, I'm guilty of looking at it from a football-only perspective of, do you want Deshaun Watson or Tua Tungavailoa? Give me Deshaun Watson every day of the week. Part of it's, That's who I'd want from a football perspective. Part of it's because it, it's gone quiet for a while, and the new element of it is the football element, right? We haven't heard anything new, and we tend to get bored almost, right? We haven't heard anything more from the woman. Women, that thing has quieted down until the civil cases and the criminal stuff comes hot. What do we have? We have a football conversation. And what do we do? We, we have the conversation that's in front of us, not the conversation that's pending months away. Even though we know, like you're saying, Chad, you know, like it's wrong to not be considering these women and what he's probably guilty of and all of that. And we might be a little bit ashamed of it. But on Sunday, we're watching football and we're wondering, what are the Dolphins doing and what are the Texans doing? But also, I mean, you say because it's not, there's not new news in the cycle. If right before next football season... Someone wants to hire John Gruden. There's going to be no new news between now and then with John Gruden. They're just going to bring back up all the old news. And we're going to go right through this cycle of you can't hire John Gruden. But yet, this isn't that old of news. The Gruden emails, while it came to light recently, is really old. But no one's talking about the Deshaun Watson allegations. And again, the guy is pretty adamant that he didn't do it. So we have to factor that in also. So much so that he... He doesn't want an NDA sign. But how discuss. much do we believe that when there are 22 out. allegations? I think collectively we said... I mean, at the said, very least, he's guilty of some very inappropriate behavior judgment. with someone in judgment. I don't know that he's guilty of rape. That's for a court to decide. I don't, I don't know what all he's guilty of, but I also have a hard time believing that 22 women of different backgrounds independently got together through an attorney that had, uh, was holding a grudge against Deshaun Watson, and this is some big conspiracy theory. But if the story turns out he goes to court and he's found completely innocent of this, he should have a parade. It is the one of the biggest stories in sports ever, and I hope that all of us remember that oh, he was yeah. proven completely innocent. Absolutely. And twenty-two women ruined his career at that point. Again, if that's the story at the end of the day, and him not wanting an NDA sign because he knows he's innocent, and they get to disclose everything from this, and this is all twenty-two big lies. That has to be the story. And oh, I think it will be. Entirely. I do think this is one case where that will be the story. But like Hutton if said. In, if, in fact, Deshaun Watson's telling the truth. Miami could trade for him now if, if he 
We just Voids settled. the no trade clause, which he, which, which he McClain, would. Which Clint McLean said he'd do for he, Miami. He he did void the he he approved the trade to Miami. He refused to settle because in Watson's eyes, it would be viewed as a guilty. Uh, he would be he would be pleading guilty, even though there's a way to do it where you don't plead guilty or right. innocent. You just settle out of court, and it's you know like like Chad saying it's all off the record. He's not willing to do that because he would be perceived as guilty. But what's the story? But on the, trade day, it's seventy thirty football. On the day he first talks, the women are a huge story again. It's probably seventy thirty accusations. But then it quickly goes back to large percentage football. Well, it's I just weird. I just find it interesting this media cycle that continues to mock Brian Flores, who stands at a podium and says Tua Tagovailoa is our quarterback, and then they tout the fact that Deshaun Watson can be traded to Miami if he just settles these cases. He's not settling because he doesn't want to be perceived as guilty. Meanwhile, Brian Flores is actually backing the squeaky clean quarterback who gets sacked twenty five times in a season. Like there's. To me, there's a lot of disconnect with the coverage of this from where we were in June to where we are at the NFL trade deadline, considering how the media cycles, the 24-hour buzz and rumor mill, and the fact that this guy and this story has been out there for so long that it's now treated as, as though it's just you know Peyton Manning getting traded you know, because of, it, of, of craziness. I mean, again, like it's just it's a bizarre cycle on NFL trade deadline day where the, the headline is, oh, it, Miami would have done this had he just settled. Everything else was approved. I don't understand the logic of where we were in May and June to where we are sitting in, in November. It is well, and it, 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 I would be curious that this is now the hypothetical we'll never know, but let's say he settles for 3 to $5 million, He serves a suspension. Dolphins trade for him. Are there going to be protests outside of the stadium in Miami? Are there going to be, again, basically admitting guilt or some guilt to get by paying paying freedom. the settlement. Are there going you know with with Mike Vick and the dog fighting? Is there going are there going to be constant protest about Deshaun Watson? Is there going to be constant coverage about how is this guy allowed to play in the NFL? I don't know that there would be if that would have been the case because you've got a lot of reputable people saying well, he should have just settled and he'd be playing. It, it, he'd be getting ready for a game right now. And by the way, if and when this comes to some conclusion in the it, it, say it comes to some conclusion before the draft and he's tradable before the draft, I would think he'd finally want to get back to football. I don't know if Houston can use any hand. The team they should want to trade him to is Philadelphia, which has the best draft resources. There are three teams with multiple first-round picks in the top 10. I don't see how Houston can't exert something with Jameis, uh, with Jameis, something with Deshaun to say, hey, we want you out, you want out. But uh, we can't accommodate you to go to Miami because Miami can't give us what we want. Philadelphia can't. But uh, I, I, again, I'm just, I don't know the details and structure of what was agreed to and what wasn't. I'm basing this off of what McLean wrote at, at cron.com and what he'll tell us later yeah, today. Right now. And what everyone's saying. You're saying Miami can't give them what they want. Apparently, they were willing to we'll if he now. would just settle. Yeah. So that, that's the point here is the trade was done except for the fact that he would not settle before the depositions begin in February. That, that to me, speaks volumes about this whole news cycle and the disconnect of how you can spin it one way one time, oh, and, but, you know, and all of a sudden it's, oh, Miami's involved, Tua's not good, they need a franchise quarterback, and what a risk, but, man, what a potential reward.
That's the message that they're sending. Yeah, and we're talking about ownership, you know, and Daniel Snyder. That, that's the other thing. Daniel Snyder's not getting talked about. You're right. At, uh, either. And now Stephen Ross, who wants a quarterback who's allegedly done these things, he, 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 we haven't mentioned his name one time. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're, I under, you're saying. But I've also, I've also said on the show, I understand the, the, the want and the need for, for seeing that a talent like Deshaun Wide, top five quarterback talent in the league is available. And if you can, you, if you know that he's not going to be suspended, or if you if you know he's going to be suspended for a month, I mean, the NFL is a dirty, slimy business, like all businesses. And if you can help them win, they're going to acquire you. If you can help them win, they're not going to ship you or make you stick around. Keep in mind, Deshaun Watson is being traded or will be moved because he demanded it prior to any of this coming out. He wanted out. You're saying a prayer anytime you make a big trade, right? Right. right. If you're making that trade, you're saying a dozen rosaries. And that tells you the rest because Miami wasn't willing to do it today. Yeah. According to Schefter and McLean and everyone else uh, by now. It's just a, it's been a bizarre story from the, from the get-go and, and reprehensible accusations. It's not done. And it, yeah, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. By the way, I should also mention on the timeline because we've asked a lot about this. According to NFL Network and what I was watching this morning, the timeline, I mentioned how it depositions in February, it could go to trial, uh, civil, civil court in May. That is when the police would release what they have to the district attorney's office who would then present that, those details uh, bullet point by bullet point to a grand jury who would then indict, right? And that's when you move forward on the, the criminal side of this too. That's the timeline. That's also the timeline for when we may know more details of the police investigation. And Which the league has What the league is claiming out. they don't know, right? So again, it's, it's, we're months away from all that now. Um, and it, honestly, this would have been a storyline anyway if he's playing for Houston or Miami. It doesn't matter, or Carolina or anyone. Or in limbo in any of those places. Um, coming up, we get into the Rams being all in and why it's going to be extremely difficult for many teams to follow suit, even if they want to today. And uh, just a, a terrible headline in Vegas where Henry Ruggs III uh, is going to be uh, charged with uh, DUI resulting in a death. Uh, this happened earlier this morning in Las Vegas. We'll have details on that straight ahead as well. It's all coming up. FanDuel.com slash OK360 is the website. You can go visit FanDuel, uh, where this weekend's NFL games, they give you options. First-time users, 30-to-1 odds at FanDuel.com slash OK360. On the Packers and the Chiefs, on the Texans and Dolphins, on the Patriots and Panthers, you can bet up to $5 on this game on a straight money line bet, meaning you just pick the winner. You're not picking points. You pick the winner. Bet $5, you can win $150 uh, through FanDuel with your first bet. It's got to be your first bet. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash OK360. The offer is valid in all legal states where FanDuel operates. FanDuel.com slash OK360. The Chiefs are trading uh, their offensive guard, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, to the Jets. Uh, He is a, a... 
former longtime starter that was replaced uh, in the lineup this past offseason, a year after he opted out of the NFL season to go work in hospitals during COVID in Canada. Because um, he's a doctor. Yeah, so he has been traded to New York uh, to play for the Jets. Um, that is the latest trade on NFL trade deadline day, which expires in nine minutes across the league. Uh, after today, you cannot make a trade player for player until the start of the new league year, March 16th of 2022. Um the, the only other trade today, Paul, of magnitude is Melvin Ingram uh, being traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers to the Chiefs. So the Chiefs are making some moves today. And um, they initially, Pittsburgh had said it didn't want to trade Ingram. Uh, indications were, particularly in the AFC, to anybody that might get in their way uh, playoff-wise. And I should, I, they're just now reporting what the Chiefs are getting returned Dan for. Dan Brown, right? Uh, yeah, Dan Brown, the tight end. Yeah. So... Um, interesting tight end depth for the Chiefs. Kelsey hasn't looked great during their down downturn. I know that because um, I selected him very high oh. in a fantasy <laughs> draft, and uh, Chad mocked me. Um, and right now his mockery looks good, but that's a guy that's got Derrick Henry leading his team, so he's going to have. Well, some I'll, trouble I'll continue to win. Don't you worry. Um, Chad is impressively undefeated. Got a lot of points on the bench, too. I'll be fine with whatever I put in. Uh, The the Titans added Deontay Foreman to their practice squad. I I thought that was a no-brainer yesterday. He played well for him last year, but do you know how many carries he had? Just like ballpark off the top of your head? What, last year? Yeah. Well, he only had – well, he was only active. Six games. Six games? It was only 22 carries. I was going to guess 15. He averaged 4.5 yards a carry, though. He was a perfect – supplemental guy to Derrick Henry. Yeah, but that, that's the thing. Very much in a similar mold. I'm not saying they need that now. I'm just saying last year he did good no, work for yeah, them and yeah, what yeah. they needed. Yeah, and you're, you're saying it's unlimited carries. It's they've been, They have not been eager to limit Henry's carries at all. At all. Uh, and, and now they're finding uh, the, the guys who know the system, that like, like Foreman, who can run with a similar style. Not going to find the similar similar physicality no. and tone. They want to run a similar offense. Yeah, ab- absolutely. You want, to, you want to... The distribution of the football is what is going to change offensively. The system itself remains the same. And I, I wonder if they tried to add another piece to the system. I've been watching this clock because they left a roster spot open on uh, their announcement today. And you say, well, well that, that roster spot's going to uh, Adrian Peterson. I guess it could later in the week, but you can also call up two players from your practice squad and make them active on game day without adding them to your active roster. So, again, I, I ask, why is that roster spot open? Um, the other thing, too many people, I understand national people looking at the depth chart just looking at Jeremy McNichols' name. Locally, you're hearing this too. Jeremy McNichols is not going to get a lot of carries here, and Jeremy McNichols' role <clears throat> isn't going to change a lot. Jeremy McNichols is the third down back. Jeremy McNichols is going to stay the third down back. He has seven carries this year. Maybe he gets a few carries as a first or second down back. But right now, unless they add something else, it looks like Adrian Peterson and and Foreman will be the first and second down combination that they look to, unless they add somebody else in the meantime here. We will uh, get the full details of the trade deadline coming up. Uh, A lot of teams don't have the luxury of the Rams, who traded for Von Miller. They're all in. You know, They're trading away a second and third round pick, but... They're not having to spend all that much money. 
because the Denver Broncos are picking up $9 million of the 9.8 or whatever was remaining on his deal for this year. So it's tough to find a trade partner that's willing to pay the salary and trade away a player uh, of that magnitude for just a couple draft picks. High draft picks, but again, an all-in move is tough to find with the salary cap structure the way it was this offseason where it dipped down and now teams are really maxing out where they are against the cap. It's, it's tough to find room and maneuverability on NFL trade deadline day. Coming up, speaking of pass rushers, Cliff Averill will join us to kick off the next hour. John McClain is no pass rusher. But man, does he uh, get after the news and notes? We'll start with Deshaun Watson and much more, more offensive guard. across the NFL. Uh, yeah, he's blocking those pass rushers, That's right? right? Uh, John McClain will join us in about Great 30 minutes. Blocker. Cliff Averill next on Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody.